Hi, and welcome to the Writing and Marketing Show brought to you by author Wendy H. Jones. This show does exactly what it says on the tin. It's jam-packed with interviews, advice, hints, tips and news to help you with the business of writing. It's all wrapped up in one lively podcast, so it's time to get on with the show. Welcome to episode 97 of the Writing and Marketing Show with author, entrepreneur, Wendy H. Jones. You've probably realised by now this is not Wendy, but it's uh, myself, psychological, paranormal and mystery author of fiction and non-fiction, S.C. Skillman. And um, I've, all t- I've written two, two fictions, uh, two novels and two um, non-fiction books. And I've um, just finished another non-fiction book, which is about to be submitted to the publisher. And I have also a completed novel, the first of a series, which is currently with publishers and agents. I'm standing in for Wendy, who has tonsillitis, sadly, and no voice today. Um, So I'm going to be talking about using your own life story in fiction. I think um, a question authors are often asked I think when they go out and give author talks, they're asked, where, um, where do you get your ideas from? And they also say, um, do you, how do you get the ideas for your characters and do you take them from real life? And are you writing about real people you have known? And the answer to that is that I would think the vast majority of fiction authors are um, when they create characters, they, each character is a compendium of a number of different people they have known. And it's never usually one one identifiable person. However, some, sometimes that may be the case, but I think it's quite unusual. And um, the process of creating fiction is a curious one. I think a lot of it takes place in the unconscious. And um, personally, I find that as you're, you're writing and your character is building up and you're getting to know your character as you, you take them through the story, you suddenly realise that some aspect of this character has come from somebody you knew, you worked, you worked with in an office 20 years ago, or it might be a family member, or it might be somebody you knew when you were a child, uh, I mean, it's fascinating how um, this emerges um, without you really understanding the process. Now, my first, the first novel that I actually published is called Mystical Circles. And it, um, I first had the original idea out of which the story grew when I was living in Australia. Um, I lived out there. Um, between 1985 and 1990, I lived and worked in Australia. I was in Brisbane, where my sister lives with her husband. And um, whilst there, I became very involved with um, a lot of New Age and esoteric groups. And uh, one of them was a... Um, it was a dream interpretation workshop, and it was um, a whole weekend, a weekend residential workshop. Now, it took place in a um, beautiful uh, location called Cosmos Lodge, and it was halfway up a mountain outside Brisbane. And those of you who know Australia might know that um, 
up the spine of the eastern spine of Australia is a mountain range which is called the Great Dividing Range. And, and Brisbane has the most beautiful mountain backdrop and it's, um, the mountains are covered with rainforest and it's subtropical rainforest there. Um, and so this, this place, Cosmos Lodge, was halfway up this mountain above Brisbane. I think it's Mount Glorious, the magnificent rainforest. And I was there at this, in this weekend and it was led by this very charismatic man. And it was just enchanting. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, I would like to stay here forever. And then I thought, but this isn't real. And it was quite a curious thought. And I realised I'd have to go back into the ordinary daily life. Um, well, a few years later, I returned to England to, to live and to work once again. And that original idea eventually found its way into, into a novel, um, which became Mystical Circles, and it was originally set in Australia. And um, it was set halfway up this mountain, and like, the idea was that my um, heroine, um, Juliet, a freelance journalist working in London was really, really worried because her younger sister, a very impetuous younger sister, had gone out to Australia, ostensibly on a one-year working holiday visa, and she had met this amazing man, this charismatic man, and she's she's going to stay forever. He's she's he she discovers he runs a group, which. Um, has all these curious esoteric spiritual teachings and she's entranced by it and she's going to stay forever. <laughs> and the idea, of course, was she was going to stay forever regardless of the fact she had no residence, residence visa, which of course, as we all know now, is a quite a serious matter. And her sister is going to rush out to Australia and um, get her out of this situation. So that was my original idea with this novel. And I began writing it. I attended writing groups, read out, um, chapters from it. Um, so a few, a few years, um, later, I attended the, um, National Writers Conference in Winchester. And I had the chance to have a one-to-one -one with a editor from HarperCollins. And this editor was, had been given by three chapters, first three chapters and synopsis. And she, um, had read them. And so, so I had this half an hour meeting with her. And she said she thought that Australia was a very exotic environment <laughs> for British readers. And she thought my subject was rather exotic too, because this is a weird and wonderful group with esoteric teachings, probably a bit, a bit of a cult. And she thought, here you've got an exotic location and rather exotic subject matter. And she thought it, it wouldn't work to be set in Australia. So I then, I then followed her advice, which is not something right authors are, are recommended to do, actually, to follow the advice of an agent or an editor who has made no promise whatsoever <laughs> to show any further uh, interest in your novel. So I cast around for other, lo other um, locations for my story, and I considered Ireland, and I considered the Scottish Highlands, and I considered Wales, and eventually I settled upon the Cotswolds, which is very close to where I live in Warwick. It's a place I visit often. It's a very idyllic uh, landscape, which is, um, has often graced chocolate boxes and calendars. And I suppose to a British reader, it's quite a cosy location. And so um, a location for this, this weird sort of cultic group 
to be based. So that's how, how I continued with this particular novel. And the, the follow-up, A Passionate Spirit, is actually set in the same location, a beautiful converted manor house in the Cotswolds, a Cotswolds Valley near to Sirencester. And um, the, the, the sequel, as I say, is set in the same location three years later, but the two novels can be read as standalones. And during the course of um, writing these novels, um, yes, there's many characters in them, and uh, this um, process that I've just described took place. Um, as I developed my characters, and as the, the characters come alive, and um, they start doing things and saying things that make you feel, you feel you go deeper into them. And as you do so, you realise that although this story I thought it up, say, five years ago. This person has come from 10, 20, 30 years ago in my life. And there's elements, different elements, different individuals. And, and you only recognise it after you've done it, really. So it, it, it is this um, amazing unconscious process. And, um, and I believe this does run through, through the process of writing fiction for many, for many authors. And uh, in my subsequent um, non-fiction book, Paranormal Warwickshire, um, I, I, I toured many locations in Warwickshire and um, investigated the history of many of them. Wonderful, iconic locations like Warwick Castle, Kenilworth Castle, the Royal Shakespeare Theatre or Stoneley Abbey. And um, I researched the history and eventually I found a publisher who, who would like this book for their paranormal series. So that I then said to myself, well, I've always loved ghost stories. And, um, and many of these places do have such stories attached to them. And so, um, I was quite happy to do that. And once again, this goes back to my own life. Many years ago, I used to love, um, love, um, watching various programs on television. I think there was a series of rolled, rolled, um, dull stories, tales of the unexpected. And, um, and I've always loved reading classic, um, ghost story writers. So once again, this was something that, that, um, resonated with my own life, my own life story. So this is really how I, how I feel about it. It's uh, an unconscious process. It's not something you, you set out to do in a, um, a deliberate way, but it just emerges in the course of, of writing. So I hope that has been helpful to you, to get some kind of feeling for the way you can use your own life story in fiction, quite apart from setting out to write memoirs or, or an autobiography. So that's it for another week. This has been S.C. Skillman, and my name is Sheila, actually. And um, you can find out more about me and my books in, at my website, which is uh, www.scskillman.com. And that's spelt S-C and then S-K-I-L-L-M-A-N. Listen again next week when Wendy, we hope, will be back with a full voice. That brings us to the end of another show. It was really good to have you on the show with me today. 
I'm Wendy H. Jones and you can find me at wendyhjones.com. You can also find me on Patreon where you can support me for th- uh, as little as $3 a month, which is less than the price of a tea or coffee. You go to patreon.com forward slash Wendy H. Jones. I'm also Wendy H. Jones on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest. Thank you for joining me today and I hope you found it both useful and interesting. Join me next week when I will have another cracking guest for you. Until then, have a good week and keep writing, keep reading and keep learning.